0: I know it's probably absolutely and utterly wrong to say but hannah's haircut nope you're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast it's only because a nigga bless welcome back to black or couch reviews i'm your host christina we are back for another episode of 13 reasons why season one episode nine tape five side a This episode was written by Haley Tyler and directed by Carl Franklin. I gave this episode a 7 out of 10. I got the answers that I needed. I'm glad we're finally here. I'm not happy that it took us 9 episodes in to get here. I think it's been heavily, heavily foreshadowed. I think at some point in this episode, I think they were trying to get us to be under the impression that Justin Foley was the perpetrator in a very heinous act but it was indeed who I suspected the the snake in the grass Bryce now how this episode structured out I had an issue with (laughs) as I have the entire series is the inconsistent pacing there were really great moments like the you know build up towards maybe about 20 minutes in this episode were really solid and then it started to backpedal and it lost its sense of urgency the dialogue was just so wonky and I get it because you're writing for children but there's writing for teenagers and then there's completely like they said they're 17 18 I've talk to 17 18 year olds they don't just repeat themselves four times in the same uh space of uh, five minutes it's not (laughs) you know why don't you tell her i'm not gonna tell her but you should but i'm not but you should that was an entire scene in this episode that really should not have been but you know at least we're starting to move a little bit more on what the consequences are going to be there are a few also storylines that i just don't care about and i appreciate and want hopefully in season two the continued exploration of the backstories of these other ancillary characters such as zach such as jessica like it's kind of a shame we don't know anything about jessica who is a heavy subject of this tape we didn't even know she came from a biracial family. I mean, I guess you could have looked at her skin tone and suspected that, but we didn't know for sure, you know? <laughs> so let's get on with the recap. Sophomore year is over and it's summer break, and there is no way in hell anyone is allowing those kids to throw up their papers up in the air like that. Environmentalists everywhere and myself were appalled at this scene and who the hell do they think is cleaning up this mess absolutely have never seen it happen in my entire life all these damn school papers y'all lost y'all minds there apparently just never seems to be any type of faculty members at this school period and that's where sometimes (laughs) i know you hear us joke about it but man we got so many different types of school restrictions in the ghetto it's not even ghetto though i feel like this is normal ass shit or maybe standard practice in some parts of the country and it's not standard practice in others but hannah is trying to start over you know it's a new school year it's summer hey i can put all the past behind me and rebrand myself which is not a bad idea I mean everyone's done that at some point. We all do it as we grow. You know your 20s are going to be different than your 30s or if you had like a really shitty year, you always start at January and you're like, "Okay, well I'm going to lose, lose <laughs> I'm going to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to do this, that and the other thing and by the end of the year you completely fucked up and given up most of those resolutions because life happens. But we sometimes do achieve if we are those stronger people. I know I myself am refocusing a few of my own priorities recently so I understand this take that Hannah has. There are moments where she is relatable to me and there are moments where I don't relate to her at all but her best friend and potential love Clay is with his grandparents this summer so she cannot get a close to him and her new co-worker she deems as quote too normal what does that mean i'm not sure what that's supposed to entail like he's just vanilla he's boring it doesn't have any but then i'm not even sure exactly what hannah is i mean because then the way her and clay go back and forth sometimes i feel like they're playing out something they watched on tv versus are these authentic people and i have moments of that and i'm I'm not sure why i feel that way but i do then she is seeking escape because her parents all they do is argue it seems they uh they are very much invested in the store and they are kind of ignoring their daughter which is why i didn't appreciate the scene that happened later on in the episode i'm not sure if their marriage is struggling or if it's just this store or trying to provide a financial stability and this dream of the financial stability in this store that's causing the strain in the marriage and making them forgetful of their child that's a lot and that's something that's a common theme because most parents go you know i didn't grow up with such and this and that and the other thing so now i want to grow up and be successful so i can make all this money and then you're providing all your child with all this monetary things like i think they mentioned earlier about how we can afford this neighborhood and this um type of schooling It all borders down to status versus um, what it means to be a parent, which is the first rule is love your child. Attentiveness, communication, those type of things, they can easily be forgotten in this type of world and environment. But that's why when you have children, if you want to be a good parent, you remain cognizant of it. Kind of like... And i think one of the best parents in this series thus far is mrs jensen she is dogged she puts her foot down sometimes sometimes i'm like girl you need to like you should have a class with me and i'm like let me siss you up just a little bit you're almost there you are almost at that point in which you are a black parent because it's just the truth for my caucasian friends (laughs) We are raised a little bit differently. I'm not saying there aren't some of the same issues, problems, whatever. We're all kids, we all have hormones, but that's the job of the parents. The parents' job is to guide you through this emotionally fucked up time of your life called high school. <laughs> when you're interacting with people when you realize that the world is not hokey dokey and everything that's nice and pretty that's the reality of of life in general yes you want to keep your kids kids but you also have to balance that out with real life conversations and that also is going to bring me back to the dad later on mr jensen because i feel like he is either covering something up or he is completely um removed from what he feels is his responsibility as a parent I don't know, everything about him is bothering the shit out of me. It has been since the beginning of this series. Back to Hannah though, uh, she decides to go and cut her hair searching for this new identity. I totally understand the sentiment because when I was like, uh, in my like 30, by the way, oh my God, I thought I was turning 36 this year. I just found I'm turning 37 and you best believe a few more tears leaked out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have not cried once. Cause I know that, Hey, at 42, I'm going to be financially independent. My kid's going to be fucking college. <laughs> I have a lot more life to live and shit. <laughs> One and done get one and done once my independence is back you best believe I will be living my best life and the second one that second win ain't no joke y'all don't let it fool you do not let it fool you anyhow I related to her wanting to change up her appearance because I did the same I was like I'm just gonna give me a a sew-in for the first time ever and now I really like them and it's it's fun I think this is something every woman every girl goes through at some point then bemoans that you can change yourself but not other people which you know (laughs) that's uh proper clay in the present is going out jogging which i found a little weird for clay the character that we know thus far he doesn't seem as if he goes out and jogs but he's got a lot on his mind why not Then he goes to school and from a distance in which there's no way in hell he would have heard their conversation except for maybe Jessica who was the loudest of them. He's just peering in between Jessica, Sherry, and at first Zach and they're all hanging out, talking. She's drinking, already drunk at 8am. She's talking about coach and how she's a bitch. Sherry tells her she wouldn't be a bitch, the coach, if Jessica would show up to practice and... She just says, well, I have vodka that keeps me happy. Damn you, ice cream. Come to my mouth. How dare you disobey me? We of course knew Jess was spiraling. This is just confirmed even further. Justin and Bryce then join their conversation. Bryce is like, your coach is a bitch. And she offers up a drink to them. Justin's like, when did you start drinking at school? You never do this. I feel like that's his motto. When did you do this? When did you do that? Justin, you know what's going on. So him continuing to to try to tell the audience this, it's already there. You don't need to have the necessary dialogue, like trust your audience. We're not four years And then maybe that's the point. This was supposed to be made for an audience that's much younger. But I would not have my kid watch this shit. <laughs> Even at 15, I'm like, no, nah, 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 no, nah. Because that's the thing. Don't let fucking TV shows teach your kids either. Because shit, they ain't about the right either. It's a few things where I'm like, yeah, see, this is where. I would not have done that (laughs) I would have done something completely different and Hannah is indeed responsible for some of the shit that Hannah gets her ass into um Justin does take a drink after Bryce does and I thought that was interesting like oh since when did you not drink and it also starts this whole you know what's mine is yours type of thing or you always or I always like swallow after you or you swallow after me it's just nasty and then Jessica sees that Clay is staring because why would it be weird that Clay is stalking people around campus he chases her down he's like we need to talk i listened listen to your tape she's like I don't know what you're talking about she pulls him into a room because she's like fine you want to talk about it Hannah was talking shit I know what happened I had sex with my boyfriend and He's like, no, what happened at your party sounds like you were molested. Before it even came out, like I felt the tiptoeing around the incident and the issue was a bit much. I mean, they did it for 50, even going the flashbacks to the night were so jumbled up in different perspectives as if we needed to know. We could have felt the fill the rest in and it was to maybe give a little bit more to the performances. But yeah, again, I felt this episode would have been great if it was 30 minutes It hit its points as it needed to and it moved on. 30 minutes extra, it just felt like dead weight in here. And that's kind of how I've assessed the the season thus far. It should just be a five miniseries arc. But he really wants her to talk to someone about that he wants to help her as well because he notices that she has been drinking and they want to report it but Justin comes in and it's like what the fuck are you doing stay away from my girlfriend and Jessica pulls him away Jessica thinks that Hannah is lying and she trusts her boyfriend for some reason the Bakers are continue to allow uh, be allowed on school grounds and it's Mr. Baker this time that gets to harass staff or in this case Mr. Porter who I think has a lot of skeletons in his closet as well about the fact that there's this poem it was published it shows that she's suicidal and your school needs to be accountable although you already have a lawsuit going on that should and 100% honesty prevent any lawyer would not allow for on either side to have contact consistent contact mind you between the school and the plaintiffs or the defendants whichever one you want to call it in this case what the fuck is going on with this i just find every time they just they're shoehorning these people in as characters and i don't even need it i don't even want it i don't care and i know that sounds very cold But if the center of the drama is these children and their relationship to this incident that is going to, if it's in four seasons, propel them forward and how they deal with school issues. Cause I'm sure this is going to be a big deal. I mean, as Clay stated, there were crimes involved. So it's not just a suicide. It's not just, um, you know, this, the secret that they're hiding people need to be held accountable in more ways than they're being held accountable i mean even the whole thing and we'll get to the market shit in a minute but um yeah he tells mr porter has some culpability here because he is not well first he's telling him just straight up facts like one you just accosted me secondly you're giving me this article it's yeah by a student here but we don't the school has nothing to do with this publication well you distributed it on the school oh my god that's like an avon book getting on school campus and people uh passing around and ordering fucking avon oh, uh. (laughs) this is the part where me and my mom were actually getting into an argument and i mean i was i was very um heated on her perspective and i get it because it's that old school perspective is exactly what the washes or i should say the bakers would be thinking that schools are in some ways once your child has left your house they're 110 percent responsible for everything that happens to them now i'm not saying that kids or schools should not be responsible for actively knowing about bullying. That's just not the case of the school. And if they are considered wrong, now if they go after a staff member, that's that's you can go after legal action after a staff member. I'm not sure if that would also though, like say Mr. Porter knew something, which I after several threats on this whole Ryan thing, when he confronts him, it feels like Mr. Porter definitely might have some karma coming to him. Do you go after Mr. Porter the the counselor that I mean you get you fire him right you hold him responsible he's the one that you know sent by the board of education that is supposed to be the legally licensed psychologist or counselor for these children I I just don't know why this lawsuit needs to be this lawsuit other than the fact that it creates more drama Outside, because I don't feel like even the the parents had enough evidence. I mean, even if what they're getting is not enough. And there is as if their knee jerk reaction is, well, we're not at fault, so we have to blame someone because we're mourning, and that's just not great because it, it sets a precedent that I stated before of parents. Not taking ownership or responsibility for the fact that what their mental health is for their child is part of their job, whether they're in in your sight at all times or not. They're gonna go out in the fucking world, and people are gonna tell them shit, and they're gonna learn shit, they're gonna see shit. When they come back home, that's the place where you're supposed to help and guide them. And so, getting back to my mom, she had this whole thing like, well, it's the it's the school's job to teach my child. And I'm like, it's the school's job to provide a syllabus education. If you think that the school is teaching your child, then that's the reason why I didn't know the the shit that I knew. Like, thank God I had a natural love of history. Because if I didn't, I'd be an ignorant son of a bitch. And that's the straight up facts. And there's a lot of people out there that, unfortunately, are just like that. And that's why you don't allow the school (laughs) to be the only thing responsible for not only just uh knowledge education but social education as well because yeah everything is like fucking high school even when you get out of high school and I hate that saying where people say well you know it's only high school no I've went in corporate offices with people or 40 50 fucking plus years culture is ever evolving and ever changing and they're (laughs) is always that element of high school mentality because that's where it begins so now that i'm done with that whole all rant um he leaves mr porter does follow up on this to show that he is doing his job but i think it's also because he's got some some guilt on his conscience and then i didn't like the fact that he didn't give the man a chance to point out that you know hannah was a teenager people write shit when their kids and their hormones are raging all the time i have a whole fucking book it's called vent <laughs> if you read those you'd be like man this is a fucked up teen. and she might kill someone she might be suicidal i was never once suicidal i had depressing thoughts and i had dark moments because again those hormones are a bitch that is a chemistry reaction in your brain but also it's just your environment too and what's going on i happen to have a lot going on in my house too i had an abusive abusive parents i i'm not abusive to me but you know they were in a domestic related very abusive domestic relationship so i because then when i say i was abused i think about that time i got beat with the extension court and i would never do something like that because i consider it abuse but I'm not judging my pain. I'm not holding it. I'm not holding any grudges, I should say. However, you know, I, I don't see that even happening with Hannah. I think ha- what happened in this episode is the first real time that I can say, okay, Hannah Baker had real mental deterioration from this incident, and it had begun with a very. Um, A very tumultuous school year in which there were two incidents that were really criminal acts and should have been brought forth but she decided to sweep it under the rug and try to move forward and then this incident happened in this episode that completely i mean i don't think there was no going back for her at this point like she was definitely heading to a place that would eventually put her there if someone hadn't intervened and because no one intervened that's where she got there and that makes sense to me much more than i wrote this list and it says your booty on it clay comes to class and apologizes to the teacher but it's really just to talk to the hannah book club saying i'm sorry i really freaked out yesterday however i am about taking or am about people taking responsibility for their actions and holding people accountable even if it is not their fault all look guilty from courtney to <laughs> um justin i think zach was there to be fair justin and everyone else should have spoken up about this i mean it's a flaw in the show's construct you get justin's response tonight which makes a lot more sense but he would have been even more. Because I'm filling in the blanks for Justin. The show is not. I can understand Justin because he clearly comes from a very, very fucking broken home. He has no one at home looking out for him. Just point period, period blank. He has a uh, very sinister or dependent relationship to someone who happens to have his best interests or helping him out when he needs like, hey, when I'm homeless and don't have anything or don't have food in my refrigerator I'm sure Bryce was that guy that has him so indebted that yeah him doing what he did would be enough for him to keep his mouth shut but then when you find out at the end of this episode it's really just I don't want to lose the only thing that I have that makes sense to me but they didn't do anything with other than one or two throwaway scenes to give me that and considering at this point in the story arc that the most um, the the most egregious crime that has been committed is against Jessica is involving Justin, in which Hannah witnessed, but it lays groundwork for Hannah because she is the one who also kept quiet. Flashback once again, Clay and Hannah catch up at work apparently he can just get his job when he comes back in summer (laughs) i am not at all invested in the relationship i'm sure people think they're cute i i I see no chemistry i see absolutely nothing like if you tell me every time they say clay love hannah i'm like sure okay and then he invites her to jess's party and this is another thing that's showing that clay is rather a, a, a charming he gets invited to the places he's not an isolated kid and you see that maybe Hannah's got less of that support system than Clay does and I think showing that is a good dichotomy so she doesn't want to go to the party but she likes Clay and she wants to explore where they might go and so she's rather lured in I'm more concerned about this parental neglect that allows children to throw like i cannot there have been i grew up in the house of irrepute i call it the house of irrepute because there was seven teenagers and let me tell you something put all their minds together and there's not a lot that you could be like you can't do that and they ain't gonna find a way to circumvent that i myself was not one of those teenagers (laughs) I was one of the the lucky few that was kind of like y'all putting too much work into something that really don't seem worth it and it was because I think I did things like write I did things like read I did I had a life outside of school school is that thing I did and if I could jump out the back door and escape it I would (laughs) so I can go to the library I just never got that caught up and and like I said, I might have just been lucky, spared, whatever the case you may be, that's not where my focus just was. And so, but even with my siblings, all the shenanigans they did, and I mean I mean taking a phone line getting a spare phone, attaching it from the internet cord to that phone so that they can all call their girlfriends and boyfriends on night through a cord stretched up to the attic while my parents were sleeping. They were just crazy shit. Like, they had girls up in the attic that would be spending the night and then, like, my parents would be home and they would pretend and they never let them, oh, it's just crazy. But they never threw a fucking party. <laughs> like, that would not happen because my parents facts always came fucking home and if one even if they didn't come home the neighbors would have told it black is a community it is and they like to gossip and the first thing they would say hey there was a whole bunch of kids at your house never mind that the police would have showed up this is why i keep saying it's different in the ghetto i need to stop saying ghetto anyhow back to the show marcus approaches clay at lunch and this is the most eventful lunch period ever and he's like yo what's your play what's the good what's good um did you talk to tony are you chilled out he's like look i am not okay with what's happening zach and justin are just looking on because clearly they sent marcus to have this conversation He's like, look, I'm trying to look out for you because Justin clearly wants to threaten you with violence. Zach is looking like he's just going to go along with it. And Clay's like, look, I'm okay. And I want to know why y'all punished Tyler. But this second crime y'all have done nothing about. And this is my thing. These children are not responsible for doing any type of payback. Tyler needs help. Tyler is going to be a problem later on in life, and because y'all didn't do shit, Tyler is going to do something crazy, like shoot up a fucking school. Because he has it written all over his face. And then, he says, well, you guys didn't do anything about Jess. Marcus tries to physically take him to the side. Excuse me? What the air? F- Clay randomly got hood and was like, get out the f- 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 fucking talking. Get your hands off me, motherfucker. You out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> Putting your hands on me and because he's getting allowed too, like y'all this ain't right but my thing is there's a self preserving nature to everyone's <laughs> i can get to a certain point of okay we're gonna believe justin but if you yourself know on all of them tapes that you what she accused you of and there's like five or six of them now that all listen to their tape and have listened to the rest of the tapes how can they possibly defend themselves here it's it's despicable and it really does no service for these characters that they're trying in some ways to try uh, make you feel empathy for and then they do this exact same thing with clay where you haven't listened to your tape you know if you're so convinced this is a crime clay no one is stopping you from running your mouth even if they would have got revealed, like the moment you would have heard about the crime you would have said you know what mom i'm going downstairs she's an attorney i don't give a shit what i may may not have done on this tape there has been a crime committed it is beyond heinous i will have nothing to do with it marcus then points out that again he hasn't heard his tape that jess completely says she did not be molested That the tapes cannot be authenticated. I appreciate it much better. The lawyer talk like it's the word unfortunately of someone that you don't have any witness. No evidence. You got nothing for a prosecutor to do anything with. And then he tells him the worst is yet to come. And I immediately immediately hated that line. Do not equate rape victims. Because I do believe something happened to Hannah. Something more than this. I think the night gets worse because she clearly says there's more that happens this night do don't don't do that you cannot and even having the characters react differently to oh I'm sorry Jess I only know you as a person but this terrible thing happened but my Hannah like that's just such a flaw Clay probably did something inco- inconsequential is what I'm guessing And he's on this tapes, I think, because she knew he would do something about all the things that she is telling him. I really don't think he has any real... Because look at everyone else around. If he though he did something, I think he would... But in my opinion, I feel Clay did a lot, even if it's passively, because... You know, he's a teenager too, but I don't think he did anything wrong. (laughs) That's my, that's the shitty part. I don't feel a lot of people on these tapes did something so wrong. Oh my god, they're they're horrible people, or they're stupid teenagers. Uh, they hurt someone's feelings, they made bad calls, thinking about their own selfish interests. Okay, yeah, that's what you do when you're 16, 17, and 18 years old, but they're not even 18. um, (laughs) again if someone had maybe said something something could have been done about it unless they told one but then again why would you tell one person and not anyone else that is another big ugh. continuing on i do feel like she wanted clay to know her life struggle but it puts a very manipulative twist on hannah baker's uh, memory in my opinion Everybody in this cafeteria is ready to fight today because Alex walks in to just try to put his fucking shit in a trash can and then here comes um, Justin talking about Alex. We need to talk about Clay and he's like, I don't even understand why y'all tripping. I wrote her ass was vague on a piece of paper. Stop it. I've already had this conversation with you. I'm out and I am literally the most innocent person in all of this and tells Justin, listen 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 fuck up fuck up fuck up fuck up get out get out when justin has the audacity to call him a coward like um yeah you keep clay quiet I'll, I'll whatever then when they start fighting zach breaks it up and then marcus come over is like what the fuck is wrong with you i'm trying <laughs> there's a fight over here fight over there what are we about to do next because he finds out that Clay is definitely planning on going to the school. But like I said, why would you sit there and announce that shit? Hannah then goes to the party that night and it's raining and it's all a premonition. Ugh. I don't like heavy foreshadowing. In the present, Jess and Courtney and this conversation equally just... Like, they really, really, really are. (laughs) Again, I'm giving some passes, but a lot of passes I'm not giving. Because this locker room conversation was trash. You are a woman. You have heard the tapes and you know what you did. There is no reason in hell you see a fellow female that you consider a friend or care about, whatever, drinking vodka in her locker. You know she's never displayed these behaviors before you know what's being said and you're going to say oh so have you talked to clay oh well you know she's lying she's just jealous because you had uh, her boyfriend like what <laughs> her actions are betraying her convictions that she knows that this is a lie and you guys are all just watching this happen which makes again their whole entire construct of this despicable. Marcus approaches Bryce, which another, oh (laughs) to get Herb, but needs it ASAP, not later. Cause they are totally planning to set Clay up. And interestingly enough, there's a dealer on campus. I was like, who is this? And I have a theory. We'll talk about that later. The Bakers then argue in their store once again, because uh, she is the only person that can verbally assault folks on campus. Ryan is brought in by Mr. Porter about the poem. He gets his journal taken away, despite it being the center of his college uh, entrance, um, the focal point, what do you call those? this papers. And he says, well, these people get... Uh, must be nice to get their come-ups or something to that effect and Mr. Porter's like what you mean <laughs> basically you know you got to explain it to do and then it occurred to me that Mr. Porter has not listened to these tapes not at all he does not know about these tapes whatsoever but I bet you his ass is on them. <laughs> I bet you he's on them. then Marcus comes in and says he needs to talk to him because he is worried about one clay Now, again, if you're smart and you're Mr. Porter, you should totally be putting all this shit together. Mr. Porter then, but you also have Clay just freaking out yesterday on the exchange student. So at least he's the one that gave them enough ammunition. Mr. Porter and security plus the vice principal come in to do a drug sweep. They go to the tattoo girl first, which I don't like her. I just don't. And they're really gonna put her and clay together and that'll be the second relationship in which <laughs> i am not invested in with clay and they go through clay's things find the pot because it's totally been planted and he's called down to the office we go back to the party where hannah talks about the magic of parties saying once you're in there it's like a different reality and you feel like you belong and i'm just yeah no Maybe that's how other people feel about parties, but I could not relate. But I definitely did not relate to the next scene where Bryce is literally like, Oh, hey Baker, there's a keg in the back, and oh look, you got a haircut, it looks nice. And she saw all like thanks. No! How no? I know this is the sign of someone with a very low self-esteem esteem. Because she because I know a lot of people will try because uh, man, when people want to stand something, particularly white women, y'all, hey, I don't do it. Because if this was a black woman, y'all know y'all would have a whole different conversation about it, and that's why we are having this conversation about it, why it needs to be stated. You know, well, you know, she could have. You're making excuses for her. Like she's got so self esteem. That's maybe possible. But I also feel as if she's an intelligent girl, and i don't know that the hannah baker i've met this far because look how she reacted to courtney like look how she confronted courtney i don't and look how she confronted tyler i don't think that she is someone who is like the character they're portraying is not consistent because there's just no way in hell the man that sexually assaulted you to the point where you're physically sick gives you a compliment on your hair and you're smiling at him like he it's the best thing that happened to you all year no this is sloppy very very sloppy Alex and Hannah bump into each other awkwardly well first Hannah and Justin bump into each other awkwardly Alex does not speak to Hannah I don't know why he just he just like girl we was never really friends and I think that's the point of it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like Hannah ended up being friends with Alex because Alex was interested in Jessica and that sucks to be that person I've been that person believe me I was at a one time and this really cute dude was I mean he was just gorgeous I liked everything about him and I'll be damned if he didn't pick my plain Jane friend man I was salty salty crackers and it always used to happen like that because she was just that type of girl and it wasn't her fault she's just that's what men gravitated to but i've been in that awkward situation so i did feel it but then hannah just acts a little too confident. like she needs to slow her roll <laughs> justin was being all soft buying roses for her now that we've not seen justin be soft to any woman at all maybe he was soft on the girl that left town That we first got introduced to him by. It seems as if he goes through summer flings. But he's taking a moment. To actually buy these roses for. uh, Jessica. He's concerned. um, About her drinking later. Even though not at this party. And it's to celebrate their two month anniversary. Um, And this being. From Hannah's point of view. Have to keep that in mind. uh, She also came out wrong because she's just like wait a minute hold on you date Justin what the fuck you date Justin for when did this happen and Jessica I think handled it <laughs> way better than I would I would say hold on when the last time we spoke secondly don't you see I am half toasted this is not the time thirdly I don't need permission from you and you coming at me in a way in which is not proper and you're judging him for something that he did 15 years ago, which, true, I mean, you have to think about it. It was last summer. It was the beginning of school year. Uh, the picture was not, it wasn't the most flattering picture in the world, but Lord knows it wasn't the uh, the worst thing anyone's seen. She's right. Bryce is the one that sent out the picture. Well, he showed Bryce. Man, it showed... Like that. Come on. Uh, eh. <laughs> it's like if I sent my sexy boyfriend or not sexy boy well he would be sexy my sexy boyfriend a sexy photo if it's a nude yeah i would be like what the fuck why are you showing your friends if it was just me and i was like falling off the swing and my underwear happened to be up in the ass in the air um and he showed it off i'm like you bitch but i'm not <laughs> i mean a, a different strokes with different folks however this was not a crime against nature and needed to be treated in such a passion considering five seconds before you were just literally smiling at the man who put his fizz- his hands on you it just it's so fucked up how they want to write this character then she's like Well, all of that aside i just want you to be careful because they met in summer school and then she's like oh okay I mean you could have just started off with hey you're dating Justin I didn't know about that how long has it been what do you see in him you know I did used to hang out with him myself I just want you to be careful just so you know I'm invested in you as a friend but not the way in which he did it then she blames Justin in the Tate and I understand her being angry at Justin but you can't be angry at Justin more than you could be angry at yourself and I felt like she was blaming Justin way more than she was blaming herself but maybe she blamed herself by actually splitting her wrist so there's that um Jess is being corrupted also because he brings out some hard liquor and she doesn't typically drink that but he wants to celebrate their two-month anniversary i think that justin also has a his own personal issues like i said this is a the son of an addict he's got a whole he he, his life projection is not in the highs and i think that that accounts for a lot of his behaviors that are more um quote-unquote bad like the drinking but it's not even as if he's trying to make other people like that it's just like you know hey i'm with my girl i love her i'm gonna celebrate get some hard liquor he couldn't keep his hands off her all night clay is brought into the office in the present and instead of a five-day suspension is given a three-day suspension and at first he says it's not my fault then he keeps going back and forth on who told you and this is planted they say you know Hey, is there something you want to tell us? No, it's not something. Oh, I hate everything about this too. This is when the episode was really going off the rails and I didn't like it. Cause I was like, just play the fucking tape. Um, then we see the girl with, uh, that likes Clay and he's like, why do you care? And she just keep going, seriously, seriously, you don't know? I love you. At the party, Clay and Hannah are finally connecting in a way that's romantic and justin and jessica next to them on the couch are getting increasingly drunk and increasingly sexually uh physical never mind who's watching it's raining outside we see this a few times where clay is running another one of those times where you're just like i don't need it i'll just get it out I still like 14 I like I don't care when we get there that's when I'll care because right now it's doing nothing so that's a lot for those tapes <laughs> uh so even in Jessica and even in Hannah's last and I I guess I on one side I'm like well she wants to protect her identity but on, on another side it's also kind of I don't want to admit my own damn culpability in this so I'm doing it in the most passive way I just again if you're gonna take the time to lay out the tapes you best believe the last one should be to your mother to your father and if there's not one for that then I I really can't get over it Hannah then pauses because they leave to get refills in their drink and she says well I'll tell you about how Clay was running off and doing that later but You need to know I was in Jess's bedroom. I was drunk. She was drunk. Her boyfriend came into the room. And I don't know how many times I had to see this scene to know what was happening. And I didn't even see it nearly as many times as they kept showing it from different perspectives. I thought it was just weak storytelling. Not even offensive. Just weak. And she's watching and it does seem as if... At first, Justin may be responsible for something really bad because he's trying to kiss on her. She's saying, you know, oh, I'm not feeling well. Or she's clearly giving you the, I'm really drunk. To be fair, Justin does offer her some water and says, are you okay? Do you need something? And eventually she passes out and it looks like Justin is leaving the room. In the present, Mom picks up Clay from school and... They immediately go to the police station because he asked her to go. How she reacted, like, I get that you don't want to start screaming in front of the school, but I don't know if I would have been able to restrain myself. I was like, oh, Yeah, I probably would have gotten in the car. Like, you know what? Nuh-uh. We're going to wait until we get <laughs> into a private place because you need to know that your life is under threat and I don't need you to be calling out for people. <laughs> but he asked to go to the police station under the... Uh, the guys of picking up the or signing up for the drug program then once he gets there and she's like I'll wait for you outside which why would you wait for him outside be right there and make sure he's doing what he's supposed to do that's how kids get away with shit and he says well can I ask you a hypothetical and it's about an assault and she gives him the exact same information we were expecting that You know you don't really have enough for a prosecutor to report however uh it's still a crime and you still need to say something keeping it secret does no one any favors she also i like because he kept saying you know she's like was this about hannah and he denies it you say no no and she puts her foot down finally saying "Uh uh-uh you you ain't shrugging me off you need to start saying some words right now or i'm going in that pd and i'm going to put you in front of that officer and i'm going to say i think my son has something to say i think even after of this conversation i still would have when he got home that night i would have said either we're going down to the police station or the officer is coming over which one would you like to happen period matter of fact if you was a real smart mama you would have been listening to them damn tapes. because i'll be all up in my daughter's shit She's trying to give me a password, I'm like, no, you don't get a password for nothing. You give me your password. We <laughs> I mean, all up in your shit. You only get so much privacy. I give you a little bit, but um, not a whole lot. So I like the fact that she was like, I'm not letting you shut me out anymore. I stand that because that's what a parent should do. Like, no, I, like I'll give you a little bit of leeway, but in the end, and you're acting this out. Nah, we need to figure out what's going on. You're gonna talk to somebody and you're gonna tell them what's going on. Maybe I'm not the person to help you, but I gotta get you help. Then he points out, Okay, I did lie. I knew Hannah, we were friends. I'm mourning her. They give him over this overly verbose, you know, the world's empty, and I get it. It's a child with the first loss that could be very momentous. I was 30 at my first loss. So yeah, that's probably a way different feeling. And I have to give him that, but his dialogue is a little too mm, poetic for me. He then leaves and she lets him. I would have chased him down in a damn car. (laughs) He's on foot, ma'am. At the party, once again in the flashback, we see that once again, Justin leaves the room and he is sitting outside her door or he's about to leave or he's in the hallway right he has enough wherewithal to think i need to protect this woman or he's just that kind of guy my girl is in there she's my girlfriend and she's drunk and she's passed out i'm going to protect her while she's sleeping that's what a good guy would do and then we hear bryce then he comes in Hannah goes and hides in the closet and she witnesses Jessica get raped. It looks like there was a minor scuffle between Bryce and Justin in which Bryce uh, pushed Justin and then locked the door. Once Bryce leaves, Hannah throws up and then covers Jessica saying she apologizes. And I could, like I said earlier, I could see this self, self-guilt would inevitably um, haunt the shit out of you jessica at home is with her family which is a biracial family her father's black mom's white they have she has two siblings which is nice to know she's texting at the table which isn't allowed but um she's also lying to her parents about still being on the on the cheer team and her father is like you can tell they're very all-american very traditional like oh honey this smells great oh i just put it in a crock pot dear and they call him sergeant he says sir yeah i would mm, i don't know what it is that's just me against authority because i cannot stand (laughs) so telling me say sir like you could get out of my face jessica um then is texting justin to come over justin is at home looking at his phone clay shows up and justin to his credit didn't just like start beating on him he's just like get the fuck in here because clearly you're just gonna talk and we all have to listen to you talk. And we all know that you're probably right. But we can't do anything. <laughs> they And he tells him look. I can't go to the cops. So you can stop trying to threaten my life. Or get me expelled. Like, I know what you did. Um, I'm not going to say anything more. Not because of what you did. But because it won't do any good. There's nothing to prosecute. Which this makes Justin happy about. He seems a little slow on the uptake as well. I don't think he is um quite as sophisticated or or educated as everyone else of his peers but Clay's like look Jessica deserves to know the truth man this ain't about like what Bryce did was fucked up I know it was Bryce um she is spiraling you see that she's spiraling she's drinking at school again the clunky flashback of now seeing it from Justin's perspective How he's just like, hey, there's some ping pong. You're going to go? Because he was clearly trying to get Justin away from, like, that's the thing. Justin kind of expected this. And they have this weird relationship where it may have been clear where this has been a line Bryce has crossed before with his summer flings or with the girls that he hung out with, but Justin does make a point of saying, no, she's my girlfriend, and it's Bryce who calls her his summer thing, so you know how men get about that like oh you have someone you care about now you really want to fuck them up um so they have some weird weird but whatever it is there's a fear there as well because um we had that scene where Bryce said whatever happens I don't get my name dragged in it and Bryce comes from money and I think that's where this fear is coming from where Clay hasn't gotten like oh just go after like it is a little bit naive (laughs) on clay's part it's not to say he shouldn't say anything that's your that's your role to play clay thinks he's out on a revenge mission like he's captain fucking america and he's not his job is to report the crime not to prosecute it and that's all he should be worried about right now um but yeah he says what's mine is yours and he goes into the room and then just as i suspected uh you see justin trying to stop it say what the fuck are you doing and that's when Bryce kicks him out of the room uh and he starts crying and then this is when he reveals to Clay it's not about Bryce it's not about you it's not about Hannah I care about Jess more than anything and that's what it is like I'm in full fucking denial because I can't lose the one good thing I had going for me and that's where you need to know I'm coming from a pretty fucking broken place too and I think that's when Clay backs up and just is like, can I have my bike back? And he's just like, yeah, it's back. It's out in the back. Whatever. How did Clay not realize that his chain was fucked up before? I don't know. Um, but then we have the Jensen's and I hated everything about this conversation too. Mom comes home from driving for looking for her son for over an hour while her husband calmly cooks. What the fuck is this? What is this? <laughs> what? What? First and foremost, how did you lose your son? How was it possible? You were literally a, right right around the corner. <laughs> if you were going to go through all this of searching for him, then you shouldn't have just let him go. Or you should have snuck and followed him on the low low. Like, get a brain, woman. You are an attorney. Then you have, um... You know, her husband saying insistently, well, what if Clay is doing drugs? He's not. I, I work with... I... I teach potheads he's not doing drugs well what if he is responsible he thinks he's responsible for some bad things it's it's not possible it's just not in his DNA like come on all the evidence to the contrary tells you something's going on so whether you want to believe it's his DNA or not what is up with the dad she says I want to drop the case and he tells her, well, I ain't going to help anybody, so don't be ridiculous. I'm watching you, motherfucker. So this leads to my crack theory that the dad is the person that's selling pot in the school. Like, he is confident that Clay is not involved in any of this shit because he has his eye to the, or ear to the ground, and he knows what everything's going on. He wants his wife to defend the school because he knows that she can win the case, and if she can win it, because he's not even concerned at all that his son knew Hannah. She's like he lied he knew Hannah he's like well he said he didn't know her well and then she's like well what if he was or she was his girlfriend like oh no that didn't happen like it's something that is so bizarre about this situation between them and I think she knows that something's not right here and she just goes along with it and he's just spicing up fucking tomato sauce just odd Jessica is in her room beginning to recall memories of what happened on her bed that night which is all kinds of fucked up that she's been sleeping in said bed when Justin shows up knocking on her window and he says well I guess we need to talk and she starts crying in his arms and is he just gonna bust is he did like play to really get to him and he's gonna just tell her what happened like I do owe it to her even if I lose her to tell her hey I think it is bothering him play gives or goes to tony to bemoan the fact that everyone is covering everything up uh hannah basically allowed herself to be continually intimidated very much like himself in the present by not saying anything and he wants to give shit to tony and take it out on him because well you had the tapes and you are not on them so why haven't you done something he's saying i'm doing this for hannah he's like well fuck that really ain't hannah's call to make either in my opinion and then loses all of his shit tries to start a fight with him and that's when he beats the shit out of his bike breaks down i mean poor tony not poor tony but tony's like the goat <laughs> seriously he allows his best friend to just grab him push him start a fight with him kicking bike him in the garage You know, you don't care what's going on in Tony's life. Because I haven't heard you ask once. And (laughs) Tony breaks it down. Like, yeah, nobody is just letting it go. You may think that people are not believing it. And I do think some are a little bit like Alex. Uh, Apparently not Zach Marcus and Justin. But maybe Sherry. There are some people that are maybe doing things in the background that Clay doesn't know about. Because he says everyone is not not affected, but it is in all honestly a dead girl's word against everyone else. So, I don't. And the tapes, for all they are, are just tapes. They unfortunately do not prove anything. However, he agrees that he will help him um, do what needs to be done, but only once he listens to all of the tapes and i love that moment where clay was like will you help me and he says always because tony is too good for clay and this world because he even fixes his fucking bike and then he puts in the next tape and i do believe this we're finally going to get clay's tape because we got to go back to this party apparently more things definitely went on this night because then when she came back downstairs she saw that justin was on the couch hannah that is kind of just looking very very sad about the whole entire thing so what happens at this point we do not know i don't know what happened with sherry maybe she's on the next tape because i don't think we got her story either this is why i don't go to fucking parties especially when there are no (laughs) adults around there's a whole bunch of alcohol i had no i i did not drink until i was 21 i just didn't have the inclination i had my first drink 21 in a hotel room and it was carl Rossi. Disgusting fucking wine. So gross. Did not take much to get me drunk, and I was over it as soon. Like, I still to this day do not drink a lot. I find it very overrated. <laughs> I don't like my stomach going, and the whole entire room moving. I'm like, fuck that. Eh, I'd rather uh get some herbage <laughs> than fuck with liquor. But that's what I thought about the episode. Let's get into the feedback. <laughs> So we just got one this week from miss Mimi who has watched the entire series I almost kind of want her real-time reaction like (laughs) at the same time as me like I know you had not been tripping about these people um but she did say she had wrote feedback for the last episode but I cannot find it she did say it wasn't her favorite episode but it wasn't as bad as I made it out to be uh she said she did talk about that dude was gay and thinking that the guy ryan who shared her poem was petty and kind of rude but she didn't think he deserved to be on the tape uh him sharing her poem without her permission wasn't that bad in my opinion it wasn't especially since he put it in there anonymously it kind of it's almost like that thing you know between you and and them but i'm not sure how this even like no one knows that she wrote this poem no one even it wasn't it, yeah i just completely agree so moving on to her episode nine feedback she says lord Stina, woo child that episode was hard to watch i knew jessica and justin were going through some shit but i was not ready there are so many things wrong with what happened to jessica so many things First off, I knew Bryce was a fuckboy. Like I knew it, but I was unaware of how bad of a fuckboy he was. He needed his ass whooped. Or he needs his ass whooped. And to make matters worse, we find out that Justin knew that Bryce raped Jessica. That was beyond disgusting. Justin was just sitting downstairs in the living room to pout while his girlfriend got raped by his quote-unquote friend. Justin on the couch drowning his sorrows in some alcohol. I cannot express enough my emotions during this episode my revulsion anger sorrow sadness and frustration that i felt watching this unfold and i don't think i've ever been this mad watching a television show before in my life like my blood was boiling still is to be honest i'm mad that not only did justin know that bryce raped hannah but hannah watched the whole thing happen too live in or live and in color now i know she said she was frozen and her legs wouldn't move but she didn't do anything she was literally the only one that witnessed not involved in the crime and did nothing just stood in the closet silently crying about it when she could have done something anything to stop it and then she turns around and brings it up in a tape after she commits suicide that's shitty (laughs) or that shit it's pretty fucked up Uh, yeah I mean we all had that moment of oh I was frozen in fear and I could not I don't know watching that filled me with rage and I like I know for facts if I am convinced you are doing something wrong or I'm one of those people that if I saw you trying to kidnap someone I probably would be the first one like fuck I'm about to go beat this person I might get shot and die in some heroic effort because I just can't sit still or at least fucking dial 911 <laughs> anything and that's the thing with me and Hannah yeah like again even in that moment say in that moment I was frozen I could not do a damn thing ma'am call 911 I ain't about to sit by. What makes my daughter thirteen? You want to sit her down? Like well, she already know. To be honest, <laughs> Like, nah. Some things we don't get involved in, ma'am. We don't get involved in. But yeah, like I don't buy the actions of not only, and I know you bring up Hannah and Justin, but the fucking ten other people that listened to this whole entire thing go down, and apparently it gets worse and no one has decided to report the crimes i blame everyone everyone in in my boat is on the same uh, plane level field the only difference is only one of them committed suicide uh after not doing what they felt they needed to do and whatever else happened afterwards The last point of this episode, she continues, I wanted to touch on is about Hannah's dad going up to the school and showing the counselor that poem that Hannah wrote. He said something to the effect of the school is supposed to protect her or know that she was suicidal. Uh I cannot fathom what it feels like to have your child commit suicide, but I do know that as a parent, I can't blame the school as being solely responsible for my child's suicide. If I didn't even notice the signs, how can I expect a public school with hundreds of other students to notice that my child in particular is acting different? Pen in that, correct. This is the problem with people in their school systems. School are meant to teach an educational curriculum based on a government uh, group of people that put the shit together and said, this is what we want all Americans to know. That is what school is. So if you are literally, depending on that institution, to be responsible, especially emotionally, because emotionally, flat out, schools aren't responsible for that. They're not. they're not. They're not supposed to make your kid happy. They're not supposed to know, uh, you know, if, if they notice abuse, yes, report it's a crime because they're supposed to be um, the ones that are uh, in a nurturing type of environment. They're not supposed to be assholes, but it's not their job to be people kids' best friends. And that's why I always have a problem. My mom's complaining about the school teacher. Well, you know, he's, he he doesn't treat like No, 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 no. Just because he... he I won't go into it because it's the whole thing. But the point of it is, <laughs> yes, you are completely right, Mimi. Him coming in there saying you should have seen the signs my child was suicidal is, is asinine. There's just no way none absolutely you do have it is their job it is their job their paid job by the government your child's emotional and physical happiness is the parent's job point and blank i'm not saying the school can't help i'm not saying that there's shit happening and i was never informed and you didn't and that's a whole different situation but hey you supposed to have known she was unhappy here well, maybe, just maybe she was unhappy at home too. Because it didn't look like she was throwing parades there. Continuing on. um, She says, I feel like as a parent, that's your job. And I know if my son hurt himself, I couldn't help but blame myself. There wouldn't be anyone else to blame but me, in my opinion. Them, you're having the conversations. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine living in a house with someone. <laughs> I mean and not knowing everything like i know everything that's going on with my daughter there's very little i don't know i mean we i make a point of being very open but even when we argue and that sometimes i allow ourselves to or like times i'll be like girl you shut your mouth like i don't want to hear nothing else out of you and there's sometimes i'm like okay you can get your point out i understand you need to make this point because it's bothering you but now we need to have a whole conversation with it i don't even have times where i get mad at my daughter and just walk away like i make it a priority to be commutative to her of knowing the reasons why it's not just because i said so because my mama used to do it all the time to me and sometimes that is the answer but then a lot of the times it's just not you just don't feel like explaining to yourselves because you've been taught again and again and again that you're not supposed to like it's adult business but at the same time no you're living with someone i think it is you build a extra special bond once you start having that open relationship it it uh, transcends into that period when you want to know everything about them that's when they get all secretive because they're so used to being like you telling them well it's my business well now they have their business and they don't feel like that needs to be with your business and you have taught them that uh let's go back to her email where she finishes up because i keep interrupting her but she know i feel because i'm being passionate about this too because we're both black parents we're black mamas we got a whole different (laughs) way in which we are going to be viewing this this series but she does finish um up with to me the parent a hold a major or held a majority of the responsibility in protecting their own kid what i do at home and what i choose to pay attention to that's on me and yes parents do have their own shit going on that's true like Hannah's parents, for instance, they have the store, money problems, clearly marital problems. That's real life. But your children should always come first. And if you're not paying attention, uh, who the hell is going to? That is very true. Cause like like I said before, it's not anyone else's job. You they came out of you. And that's the part parents don't understand too. It's like they're like, oh well, I had to put all my knees aside. What did you think was gonna happen? <laughs> What do you mean? (laughs) I'm not saying parents shouldn't find their own happiness, because yes, I do, and I make a point of saying, you know, sometimes I cut my off. Like, look, girl, I love you, but fuck it, mommy needs mommy time, and she gets that. She knows it, because like I'd be very upfront with her about it. But you're absolutely right. That's life is gonna happen, and hiding it from your children is doing them no favors. She continues, Lord, I need to end it here because I'm emotionally drained after that episode, so I'm taking my emotional ass to bed. So until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. And she threw a whole bunch of hearts in a dumpster fire while she's drinking some tea. Because that's how she feel about all the relationships in this show. <laughs> that is very accurate. Very, very accurate. But, you know, we'll see what they do. I hope season two, now that it's all out, moves just a little bit differently paced and that hannah takes a little bit of a backseat to everything else because it could i think at some point fiction and non-fiction like you can have a nonfiction issue that you want to address i think you think all fiction should inspire something to happen no, i mean it doesn't have to but that's good for it to do so but they're also needs to be because of all the other things that are so unrealistic in here it needs to slide into more of the um not so wanting to hard hit these facts (laughs) to teach some lessons versus just go ahead and slip this shit into 90210 territory next season i would be totally fine with that totally fine because at least i could be like okay I'm taking this in the context of the show that they're trying to present it and not the context of the show (laughs) is trying to present it this season. So if you want to send feedback on the next episode, you can send that to couch at gmail.com. You can send that via audio or via email. You can find Black Couch reviews on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social media will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes and leave a review or rate the podcast. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black on magic.